Welcome to the Practical Mystic Show, where we bring you simple tips and techniques from around the globe to help practical people deal with extraordinary experiences. And now, your favorite scientist, shaman, and sacred clown, and also the show's host, Janine Bolin. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of the Practical Mystic Show. I'm Janine Bolin. When people ask me what I do for my spiritual work, I tell them that I'm a healer of spiritual disease and illness. I leave the physical healing to physicians and the mental and emotional healing to therapists who have had the necessary years of training for such work. My work is in the quantum world, the world of space-time matrices and the creation of our thoughts, in short, the metaphysical realms. The metaphysical frequencies are all about comfort levels. You are not forced to do anything. You are not forced to become anything. You are not forced into any activity, form, or situation. You are invited, encouraged, and acknowledged. The metaphysical realms are an incredible place to be. I see why so many people who are mystics, psychics, mediums, and shamans find it difficult to come back to a workaday world that is crowded out by details, needs, agendas, appointments, and concrete structure when the world they go to for their healing work is the world of the soul, which is light, love, and acceptance. I've spent most of my time helping other mystics adjust to the 3D world rather than the world they know to be true in their hearts. The challenging aspect of being a mystic, psychic, shaman, or spiritual healer is that you can do so much good in this life and help so many people with their lives, but when it comes to understanding your own life, you must get help. (laughs) This has been a huge joke with me and other mystics about the ignorance we have about ourselves despite having so much knowledge that can assist others. There is a Nickelback song called Savin' Me that has an excellent video regarding this conundrum. In it, a man pushes a woman away from an accident seconds before she would have been crushed to death. After he saves her life, he starts to see numbers above everyone's head, and these numbers are counting down. He realizes what he's witnessing is the amount of time each person has left before they die. As soon as he grasps this concept, he quickly walks over to a mirrored surface to see how much time he has left. Alas, he can't see his own timeline. He can just see everyone else's. Such is the nature of many of the spiritual gifts that psychics and mediums and shamans themselves possess. We all have questions we want answered and dreams and desires we want to experience. As we go about living on this planet, we learn how to manifest our dreams, expand our awareness, and increase our impact along the way. There are two things in our lives that are certain. At some point, we will pay taxes and we will die. Or so the old joke tells us, right? (laughs) Being comfortable with death is something that's been part of me in my whole life. It's been an understanding or a perspective that has managed to get me into a lot of trouble, but it has also been my greatest strength. Because of the nature of my mother's occupation as a nurse and my father's military service, death is something that was frequently discussed, planned for, and joked about. It wasn't taboo to talk about, and unlike some of the other families and cultures that we were affiliated with, because of my openness toward this subject, people often ask me questions that they wouldn't even ask in their own families. The most common one is, do you think they are okay after they've just lost a loved one or a friend or a co-worker to death? 
It's a valid concern. We are taught when we're young about God, spirits, ghosts, and scary things that go bump in the night. It's a natural and important to learn more whatever way we can. In the case of understanding death, help can be tricky to find. Our friends that are Christians, they will likely try to help the loved one by stating, look, they're with God now. They're out of pain. They're in a better place. These are well-meaning statements, but they might exacerbate the pain as you search about for some sort of contentment and peace regarding your loved one. After my mom died, God and I had a serious talk. I did the yelling, screaming, demanding, and pounding my fist, and he sat in silence, listening to my young adult cries, and responding with an eloquent and beautiful nada. Zip. Nothing. I sought answers to life deeper questions, and I wanted to know about them ASAP. Here were my questions I demanded of God. Why are humans here on earth? Why do we have life and death? Why is there so much suffering in this world? Why can't we just all get along? And why is my heart hurting more now than it ever has now that my mom is dead? And why is she with you? To my young mind, life just didn't make sense. And if there was one thing I had been taught, it was that God makes sense. That is, if you could get that big guy to break his silence and talk to you. At the age of 22, I set myself on a path to learn about this craziness we call life. After spending 25 plus years meditating... in three different religions and taking umpteen classes on spiritual discipline while spending hours and hours in meditation postures, God finally did break his silence with me. And when that happened in 2010, I had such an intense love showered over me and it erupted from within me that I have built a life focused on teaching others how to gain their own version of the enlightenment experience. Enlightenment is a target I recommend others walk toward. That's the real challenge of this life path. Once you achieve the ability to talk to God and have God respond to you, you're living an indescribable joy alongside the challenge of knowing that you can't give this experience to anyone. Every soul must walk their own path back to source or creator. One of the things that I didn't expect after my initial experience of conversing with God was the amount of souls that I would be dealing with and speaking to both on earth and in the astral plane. Many people have written about their near-death experiences, or NDEs as they like to call them, and I'm grateful to each and every one of these writers who have taken the time to record their lives in such a manner. It makes my job as a metaphysician easier. It helps to point to many different accounts from peoples of all walks of life that demonstrate that life continues after this thing we call death. Our definitions of ourselves as humans and souls must change from the old one-and-done paradigm that states that when our soul leaves the body, we are dead, rather than recognizing the soul's continued growth and expansion. My understanding of regions of heaven and hell have been built on decades of my own personal experience of moving through various souls and moving around the different dimensional spaces, as well as the different frequencies of our existence. When Christ talks about my father house has many rooms, I can truly respond, no doubt. I have experienced so many different aspects to the divine realms, yet there is no one way or no one lifetime on earth where you could learn them all. So I keep myself in a need-to-know mindset when it comes to spirituality. This keeps me from ever despairing as a scholar over all the incredible places I wish to visit, but just don't have the time or understanding to fully appreciate.
Let's just say, I know there is much I don't know, and I'm eager to continue learning and growing in my understanding of creation. But let's come back down to earth for a moment. When I have a client come to me asking me how to find out about a departed loved one, my first question is, how long have they been gone? The response helps determine for shamans, mediums, psychics, and mystics the accessibility of the soul due to the recovery process that occurs after our thing we call death. It's really a transition of understanding. Each soul is unique and requires different types of recovery. In my experience, a soul often takes three full Earth days to recover from the transitional death experience to come fully awake in the metaphysical world on the astral plane. Now, there are exceptions to this. We have ascended masters, and some of the Native Americans I've worked with come awake almost instantly after death. I can communicate with them quite readily because of their knowledge of the metaphysical spaces and the speed of their transition. However, Three days seems to be a common starting point for communication with many of my clients and their loved ones that have passed on. It was through these experiences regarding death, the transition of the soul to certain frequencies, and the soul's ability to create a customized heaven or hell that led Source to answer one of my biggest philosophical challenges. This experience would change my understanding of what it meant to be a soul. I had seated myself to meditate one night in 2011, and it took longer than usual to calm my nerves and my mind after a rather engaging day of taking care of children, unpacking boxes from my recent move to Columbus, Ohio, and the details of setting up a home in a new city. With all the recent changes going on in my head, I had to do an inordinate amount of my breathing techniques to clear all the thoughts that kept trying to intrude on my time with my source. After 20 minutes of working on calming myself, I was about to stand back up and just go to bed when I was riveted to my chair by energy. My entire body stiffened and I was propelled spiritually into a frequency of thought that I had never been in before. Spiritually, I took note of where I was. It was a space that allowed three-dimensionality in thinking, but there was a wall that was a sort of barrier between frequencies. I was supposed to wait on this side of the undulating fabric-like wall. Daddy, as I like to sometimes call Source or God, pushed his face through the barrier just enough for me to see an image so that I could focus on him. He then told me he had a surprise for me, and I had one that I had always wanted to know where souls came from, and he told me he was about ready to show me the creation process of souls now. As my soul stood waiting in the metaphysical space for what was to come next, another being appeared around me. This was Archangel Metatron. He stood facing me about four feet away. As he waited, a bulge appeared in the barrier, and the shape of a sphere pinched itself off from the barrier and floated between us, right between our feet. I was reminded of the way Golgi bodies, tiny spheres that are created from the material inside our body cells, this process of creation looked very similar. As Archangel Metatron and I continued to observe this creation, Daddy, or the Divine Source, downloaded into my head that this was the process of souls coming from higher dimensional realms and that this was their first experience of being individualized, individualized or away from Source. These fears were total and complete joy. Their excitement at being given an opportunity to be a part of this experience of our universe was a play to them, and they couldn't wait to get started. They were extremely childlike in their trust and joy. They were adventurous, and they had a curiosity that couldn't be sated. 
They were spheres of energy and light, and they were ready to see what was next, what was next, as they formed a conga line of spheres that were bobbing along between Archangel Metatron's feet and mine. We put our hands out in blessing to each sphere, welcoming them and letting them know that there would be guides and resources and individuals there to support them through their travels. It was almost like they were tourists on a trip, and they couldn't wait to get started on the ultimate grand adventure tour that we humans call life. It is hard to describe the sheer joy that each of these souls emanated, their excitement at being given an opportunity to expand and form into whatever beings they wanted to become had them vibrating so strongly that Archangel Metatron and myself had to frequently remind them to slow their frequencies down or they would pop right back into all that is or source energy. As I recall this experience, I have to laugh <laughs> because their joy was palatable. Literally, they were little bubbles of laughter. The line of spheres or souls that was coming into this realm stretched for a long distance. It's hard to comprehend the vastness of the number of souls. Each sphere was irrepressible as it expressed joy and the desires for what it wanted to do first. As I watched this line bend down into the different realms, I observed guides and beings from all over the universe come to help these souls transition into the various experiences that they wanted to have. I returned to my own body rather suddenly. Night had fallen hours ago, and I was looking at the full moon shining through my bedroom window. It would take me a few minutes to get my mind and body to work together again. This often occurred after spirit traveled to the higher frequencies. When I thought to move a finger, it would take three or four seconds for it to happen. There is so much difference in the speed of understanding and knowing on the causal planes versus on the earthly plane of existence. As I continued to slow my own expectations and harmonize into being a human, more importantly being a woman on planet Earth with a family, a home, and a purpose, I absorbed what I had just participated in. Wow, I had gotten to see the beginning of souls moving into this realm. I was watching a new generation of beings arriving into our universe to experience all that it had to offer. I was beginning to understand why there are so many children of this new generation that have difficulty moving within our society as it is. No wonder they have trouble sitting still. No wonder they have trouble just listening to people. The slowness of speech was excruciating for them. These souls could process data so quickly that to keep them from getting bored, they needed to listen to music while playing a game on their computer while a TV would be blaring in the background. They literally wanted to experience as much as possible, as soon as possible, in the least amount of space as possible. I began to giggle as I thought of the number of parents I had heard accuse their children of living in their own bubble and telling their children, that's not how this world works. My understanding of these children that I have come to be remembered upon would soon attract many of them into my teaching and shamanistic practice. So that is an experience and a wonderful understanding that I share with you today so that you too can see the different realms of experience in your own meditations, in your own shamanistic journeys. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today, and I look forward to talking and sharing with you again on The Practical Mystic Show. This is Janine Bolin. This has been The Practical Mystic Show with Janine Bolin. For show notes, resources, and more, visit the 8gates.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.